Say it with conviction. This is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word because it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And I pray today, Father, that our ears are open, our hearts are receptive, and when the word is heard, faith will come. And when faith comes, all things are possible to him that believe. And so as I step back, I pray for the Holy Spirit to step up so that he can minister the word of God with life-giving power and purpose. In Jesus' name, let everybody say, amen, amen. amen. God bless you. I'm glad for you to be here today because I believe what I'm sharing today can change your life. Look at your neighbor and say, your life is about to change. I believe one of the most important and powerful lessons that every believer can learn is when they learn how to uh, not only hear God's voice, but obey God's voice. Because, see, there are some people today who don't believe that God still speaks. And then there's a group of people, they believe that God speaks, but they don't believe that God will speak to them. They believe that God speaks only to specific people. So today, my goal is to show you through Scripture and through personal examples that God still speaks today, and how you and I can learn his voice and then obey his voice. Because here's the thing. It's no use of hearing the voice of God if we don't have an intention on obeying the voice of God. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, find Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews 3. And we're going to look in verse 14. And then Acts chapter 9 verses 1. That was Hebrews chapter 3 verses 14, and then Acts chapter 9, we're going to start in verse 1, I have two points for you today, and here's the first point if you're taking notes, and that is God still speaks today, God still speaks today, in Hebrews chapter 3, if you're there, say I'm there, God still speaks today, and I think the unfortunate part about us as believers is that we are expecting God to speak to us in some major, huge, thunderous way when God is speaking all the time. The problem is we're not listening. When I first got saved, everybody say years ago. When I first got saved, I remember the first time God spoke to me. Here's where it was. Well, this is what happened. Uh, I was going to a Frankie Beverly and Mays concert at Prairie View A&M University. That's where I went to school. Prairie View had a, you know, their history was you start partying on Thursday and you end on Sunday. So uh, that weekend, Frankie Beverly and Mays was coming in concert. And so I had just gotten saved. I was a new believer, so I hadn't got over a whole lot of issues and habits because some things you just grow out of. You know, I tell people who've been a believer for a long time, I say, look, don't be critical of somebody who's still smoking cigarettes. It took you 20 years to stop. 
You're expecting them to stop in 20 days, and it took you 20 years. So, you know, I was saved, and, uh, you know, one of the things I did when I wasn't saved was I liked to drink. And when I say drink, I'm not talking about water. And uh, I didn't like to drink because the taste was good. I liked to drink because I liked to get drunk. I was about to ask how many of you like to get drunk, but I'm not going to ask that. I'm not going to ask that. So you don't go to a concert without a buzz. Is, is that the right word? Yeah? Okay. I had to get clarity because my first service didn't know. But I know y'all know. <laughs> this, this, this is my clubbing crowd right here. <laughs> so y'all know. So uh, I had bought me an old English 800. Oh, why y'all, hmm. Do they still make that? They do? How y'all know? <laughs> so I had bought me an old English 800, and I was on my way out of the dorm room with it in my hand because I was on my way to the concert and I just needed to get me a buzz before I went. And as I was walking out of the dorm, I got outside and this voice said to me, what are you going to do with that? And I, I, I heard this voice to the point where I turned around to see who was behind me to, who said that. I didn't see anybody. So I thought, well, maybe my mind is playing tricks, tricks on me. So I kept walking, and I took a few more steps, and that same voice said, what are you going to do with that? And I thought, well, okay, either I'm going crazy or God is speaking to me. I had never heard the voice of God before. So I decided to not be rude and answer the voice. I said, I'm going to drink this. And the Spirit of God says, you don't need that to have a good time. Put it down. Now watch this. Not only did I put it down, I haven't drank in 30-some years. I don't drink anymore. Now listen, that simple voice was giving me instructions. It wasn't deep. It wasn't loud. It wasn't thunderous. It was just him saying something simple to me. And here's the problem with most people as I jump into the point. Here's the problem, especially with mature believers. We forget that faith comes by hearing. But how does it come? By hearing what? The word. But when God's voice speaks to you, that's his word too. So if I keep neglecting the voice of God in my life, when I neglect, when I hear it and I don't pay attention to it, guess what? Faith can't come in my life for me to grow. And some people, they just neglect the voice. Well, watch this. Hebrews 3, look in verse 14. It says, for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of the confidence steadfast to the end. Verse 15, while it is said today, say today, today. say it again. Today. Let me ask you a question. Is today yesterday or today? today? Today is today. Now, is yesterday today or yesterday? Yesterday. So when is today? today. Now, is today still today? Okay, so watch what he's about to say after today. He says, today... If you hear his what? Voice. Okay, so he's saying in 2015, if you hear his voice, he said today, if you will hear his voice, don't harden your heart. So that says to me right there that God still speaks today. 
Because he said, if you hear his voice today, harden not your heart. Go to Acts chapter 9. Go to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. And we're going to look at verse 1. Now, this story is about this man named Saul, who eventually converted to uh, Paul in the New Testament. It says in verse 1, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughtering against the disciples of the Lord, he went unto the high priest and desired from him letters to Damascus to the synagogues. Verse 3. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he saw, he fell to the earth, and he heard a what? He heard a voice. And the voice said to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Verse 5. And he said, Who are you, Lord? Which tells me the Lord can be talking to you and you not know it's the Lord. Because the Lord was talking to him and he didn't know it was the Lord. He says, Lord, who are you? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you persecute. It is hard for you to kick against the pricks. In other words, he was saying, it's hard to go against what God wants for your life. He says in verse 6, he says, and he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what would you have me to do? One of the best questions you can ask ever ask the Lord. Lord, what do you want me to do? And then watch what happened in verse 7. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a what? Hearing a voice, but seeing no man. So here's the scenario. Saul was on his way to Damascus. He heard this voice come from heaven. He asked his voice who they were. The voice said, I'm Jesus. And he said, who are you, Jesus? He says, I'm the one that you're persecuting. Not only did Saul hear that voice, but the men that were with him heard that voice. Watch this. Which said that the voice was heard from the outside in. Are you all with me so far? All right. So now I want you to go to... uh, uh, Go to Hebrews chapter 4. Go to Hebrews 4. Now, let me just point out something about that verse too. Most people have a misconception that God does not speak to unbelievers. But that's not true because Saul at that point was not a believer. So if God spoke to Saul, who was an unbeliever at the time, God has the ability to speak to unbelievers. And here's why God needs to be able to speak to unbelievers. Because if he does not speak to unbelievers, they will never be able to hear his voice or hear his word, watch this now, and respond to it with salvation. So we can see here that God does speak to unbelievers. Now, here's the way. Now, there are different ways in which God speaks, okay? And I'm going to explain to you the difference between how he speaks to an unbeliever and then how God speaks to a believer because the way he speaks to those two people or kinds of people are different. So there are five different ways that God speaks. And if you want to take notes, you can write this down. Here's the first way that God speaks to us, and he speaks to us through his word. Say his word. Now, when God uses his word, he uses his word in three different ways to speak to us. Okay, the first way that he uh, speaks to us through his word is through the printed word of God. That's why it's so important for you and I to read God's word because when we read God's word, we are reading his will. When we read God's word, we are reading God's desires for our lives. And so that's why the enemy wants to keep us from reading this book because the book has his will in it. 
It has God's will. And so God wants to speak to us through the printed word. And God has spoke to me so many different times just through reading the Bible. Isn't that awesome? Man, it feels good when you are reading the Bible and something jumps off the page at you that you've been needing for your life. So he, he speaks to us through the printed word. Here's a second way he speaks to us through his word. It's through prophecy. Say prophecy. And prophecy is a God, uh, it's a God spoken word through someone. In other words, God will use someone to speak something that he wants you to know. For instance, years ago, my wife and I, we were sitting in a conference and uh, the guest speaker of the conference all of a sudden just picks us out of a crowd, asks us to come up to the front. And one of the things that he prophesied to me was that one day, and this was years ago, before I was even pastoring, he said, I see your face on billboards. How many know that prophecy came true? Yeah, it's, it's true. We, we, we're on billboards. But then what was really interesting, he told my wife that she would walk among the elite. That she would have connections and she would have friendships of people who are of elite status. Well, we can just see she just did an interview with Pastor Victoria. That's elite, isn't it? Yes, so he speaks to us through prophecy. But then here's the third way he preaches or speaks to us through his word is through preaching. And that's why you want to come to church to hear the word because the word can have your answer in it. Do you know there are times when God already has it ordained for you when you get up out of that bed and you come to church on Sunday, you're going to hear something that can help build your life, help change your life, and help encourage you. How many times have you been to church and you heard something and go, man, that was just for me? Yeah. Well, that was God speaking to you. And so if I were you, make sure you walk in with an attitude uh, that says, God, I came here, I sacrificed my bed, I sacrificed my home, I sacrificed my sleep to come in, and I need you to use the man of God to speak to me. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you something, when you have that attitude, God will use a donkey if he has to. Look at your neighbor and say, he'll use a donkey. So God, he uses his word. Here's the second way that God wants to speak to us. He speaks to us by his voice. Now, when I say his voice, the way that God speaks to us by using his voice is through the Holy Spirit. God, that's why it was so important for Jesus to go back up into heaven so that the Holy Spirit could come down and dwell among us and in us. And so he uses the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to show you in just a minute why it's so important for a believer to keep your minds right and your hearts right because God uses the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts. Here's the third way that he speaks to us. It's through godly counsel. He, he speaks to us through godly counsel, and that's why the enemy wants us to make decisions that are life-changing without nobody. Well, the Lord told me. Well, the last time you said the Lord told you that, your life turned upside down. Well, the Bible says in the multitude of counsel, there is what? Safety. So get with some of your friends. Get with some true group leaders. Get with people who uh, are spiritually more mature than you and run some things by them. Listen, one of the things uh, uh, when I had, I had lunch with Pastor Robert Morris this week, and one of the things that uh, he did, I had a dream that he was in twice, but I didn't understand the dream. I didn't understand it. And 
I just felt that he would have the understanding of the dreams. And after I explained the dreams to him, guess what? He hit it right on the nose. He knew exactly what that dream meant. And so sometimes you have to get godly counsel. It happened to me when we got ready to get married. My wife and I, before we got married, I was living in Jamaica, and my plans were come back to the States, get a job, work, save some money, get me a place to live, Go back to Jamaica, marry my wife, and then we come back to the States. That was my plan. Say my plan. But see, the Bible says many are the plans of a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that's going to prevail. So I said, well, Lord, what do you want me to do? I said, when do you want me to get married? And I was talking to my older sister back then, and she said, you know what would be a good idea? If you got married right after you graduated. So in other words, my family was coming down to Jamaica to see me graduate from Bible school. But she was saying, hey, why not just go ahead and get married right after you graduate? And I thought, that's a great idea, but I don't have all the money I need to do all that. Well, guess what? Once I made the decision by listening to God, when she said that to me, I knew that was God. Just something inside said, what she's saying is right. And so I acted on what she said. And the moment we made the decision to obey, even though in the natural it didn't look right, guess what happened? God brought somebody in our life that paid for our whole wedding and he not only paid for the wedding he paid for my parents and all my family to come down he paid for their plane tickets amen so so God wants you he wants to speak to you through godly people godly counsel here's the next one number four is through angels visions and dreams remember I just told you I had a dream and Pastor Robert was in it God will speak to you through angels visions and dreams and here's here's the last one God will speak to you sometimes through circumstances now, this is the one that God will use after you done flunked all the four I just read. You ain't reading the word, he, so he can't talk to you. You ain't listening to nobody, so he can't talk to you. You know, you're not listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit because he ain't talking to you. And so then, you know, then you have a couple of dreams and you ain't paid attention to that. So, you know what, he just throws, you know, some circumstances come up. That's what happened to Jonah. The only reason he ended up listening to God was that after he got on that boat and then he got swallowed by a whale. And, you know, I hear people say, you know what, I was in this car accident, man, my car got told him, man, God's trying to tell me something. I say, God ain't trying to tell you something. The devil's trying to kill you. <laughs> okay? No, no, no. No, what's really happening? Now, God can use a circumstance to communicate to you about something, but it's not God that creates the wreck. Amen. And so here's the thing. Go to Hebrews 4. You in Hebrews 4? Hebrews chapter 4, look at verse 12. Because out of all those ways that I named, remember I said there was five ways that God wants to speak to you. Well, out of those five, there's one main way that God wants to speak to you, and that's through or by his word. In other words, you, you, the word needs to be the judging seat of everything you hear. Because if not, you'll start having these crazy dreams and you think it's God. You know, you have a dream that, you know, uh, uh, this silver horse ate this black horse and, uh, and the black horse, you know, uh, had a, a money suit on uh, as it was running down the racetrack in Louisiana. And you wake up and go, what, is that, what does that dream mean? Nothing. You ate too much pizza last night. Okay? So, you know, you got to judge what you hear and what you... Uh, uh, experienced by the word and here is why Hebrews 4 look at verse 12 it says for the word of God is quick the word quick means alive 
And the word of God is powerful. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And here is why the word of God is sharp. Because it pierces even to the dividing of a person's soul and a person's spirit. Notice now the, the purpose of the word is to help divide you between, watch this now, how you feel and really what's real. See, the spirit of you is real. But over here, it can be how you feel. Notice he said between soul and spirit. Your soul is your, your, your will, your imaginations, your thoughts, your emotions. So your emotions, now remember, all of that is spirit. You can't see your soul, right? Your soul is invisible. And you can't see your spirit, right? Your spirit is invisible. And so the only thing that can divide those two up, because, see, your soul can be saying, I want to marry him, I want to marry him, I want to marry him. And that's what your soul is saying. But if your spirit, if God doesn't want you to do that, your spirit is not going to feel right about that. And the word is what divides the two so you can have total clarity on what God wants you to do. And so some people really don't want to hear from God. They don't want to hear. Because they really, they really want to do their thing. And you can't, listen, you can't hear from God if inside you don't want to hear what God has to say. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to somebody right now. Okay, quickly, quickly, watch this now. So, not only does the word divide soul and spirit, what, watch what else it does. It discerns the thoughts and the intentions of your heart. You know, when, you know, when nobody else can know your heart, you know, the word can figure it out. That's why you got to get the word inside. So, even when your heart is trying to deceive you, that word will get down off in there and say, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. You know, when, when we first started uh, praying about starting a church, my wife and I, we had a big old map on the wall in our bedroom. And uh, we started praying, and uh, we came up with two places. We came up with Arizona or Florida. And, uh, you know, y'all can tell we like the heat. And uh, we prayed and prayed, and I feel uh, that the Lord had told us Florida. So we started preparing to start a church in Florida. And you know what happened? Over time, the Lord changed his mind. And see, here's the problem with some people. They don't give God room enough to change his mind. You say, well, I don't think God changes his mind. Yes, he does change his mind. You ask uh, Abraham when he was praying for Lot. Was it Lot? Who was that? He kept saying, well, if there's 50 righteous people, then go down to 40 righteous people. Then he said, go down to 30 righteous people. Go down to 5. God kept saying, okay, I'll do that. Okay, and then he said, no, don't do that. Do that. He kept changing his mind. He kept changing his mind. And sometimes God will tell us something, but he's changed his mind, and we haven't checked back in with him. See, the reason I'm talking to somebody... Right now, the reason your boyfriend is acting all up and acting like he's not even saved because his heart has changed towards God and God is trying to show you. But because you haven't checked back in with the master. Oh, it might have been okay when that man's heart was on track with God. But somewhere his heart has started drifting towards God. And if his heart twists, if it drifts towards God or away from God, his heart is going to drift away from you. And God is trying to save you from having a miserable life, but you haven't checked back in with the master. Wow. 
So you're still going with it. But God told me, yeah, he told you that three years ago when that man's heart was good. And that can also go for a lady, praise the Lord. (laughs) Now, can I have three men, three men quickly, three men, three men. I need three men, and I need Bruce. Is Bruce here? If Bruce is not here, okay, James, you're going to be my Holy Spirit and and my heart. I need two more guys. Come on, guys. Here we go right here. All right, good. All right. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Come on, give them a hand. Come on, y'all clap on. All right. Yes, can you tell everybody your name? James Sharp. James Sharp. And Anthony Coleman. Anthony Coleman. Stephen McCoy. Stephen McCoy. All right. All right. Well, I appreciate you all volunteering uh, with my example because I think what I'm about to show everybody is going to help them understand how God speaks to them. Now. When you and I got born again of God's spirit, well, let me back up. When Adam was made or created by God, when God created Adam, God created Adam with a clean spirit. There was nothing wrong with Adam. He was a perfect person. Him and Eve, they were perfectly made, okay? And so when God used to communicate with Adam, uh, uh, The Bible says God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So if God is a spirit... How do you think a spirit is going to communicate with another person? Through their spirit. And so he used to talk to Adam in the cool of the day. And then all of a sudden he told Adam, go to Genesis chapter 2. Go to Genesis 2. Quickly, Genesis 2. And we're going to look at verse 15. I'm about to show you what happened to Adam. And then I'm going to show you what Jesus did to help us get back in the right state with God. Genesis 2, look at verse 15. It says, and the Lord God took the man. He put him in the garden to keep it and guard it. And the Lord God commanded the man, he says, look, you may freely eat of the trees in the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it, because if you do, the day that you eat it, you will surely die. Now, here's what's interesting. Adam lived 900 and something years old. So it wasn't a physical death immediately. Remember he said, the day that you eat it, you're going to die. The day that you eat it, you're going to die. Not tomorrow if you eat it, you're going to die. Today if you you eat it, you're going to die. So Adam lived 900 and something years. So we're going to pretend that this is the spirit part of Adam, soul part of Adam, the body part of Adam. Now if you want to write down 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says, I pray that your whole spirit, soul, and body be made blameless before God. So when God created us, he created us in three different ways. Watch this. So when Adam sinned and he ate the fruit, okay, let's pretend I give you some fruit. Eat it. All right? Now, when he eats that, remember his spirit was clean, but because he disobeyed God, sin came in. So the Holy Spirit that God put in him, he loses that. Now, his heart, which is spirit, his heart that the Holy Spirit used to speak to is dirty now. So now, we got, God had to figure out a way. How am I going to talk to men now? Now, if you keep reading in Genesis, in fact, let's just go down to Genesis. Go to Genesis chapter 3. Go to Genesis 3. What happened when he, uh, uh, Genesis chapter 3, look at verse 1. What ended up happening when he spoke to Adam, he had to change because he used to speak to Adam's spirit. Okay? He used to speak to Adam's spirit. Now, Adam's spirit is is dirty. It's sinful. So watch now. Genesis 3. I'm going to start in verse 1. It says the serpent was more subtle. So watch now what happens. I'm jumping down to verse 8. 
And they heard the voice of God. Now remember now, they sinned, and the Bible says they sowed fig leaves together. Verse 8, and they heard the voice. There it is. God was talking to them again. But watch what happened. They heard the voice walking in the cool of the day and in the garden. And Adam and Eve hid themselves from the presence of God. And verse 9, it says, and God called them. He was calling them, and he says, where are you? You know where he was calling them from? He was, call, he was calling the spirit part of that man. He couldn't hear. He had died spiritually. So he says, Adam, where are you? Verse 11 or verse 10. He says, we heard your voice in the garden and we were afraid. Now, if God couldn't speak to that man's spirit, which part of that man do you think God is speaking to? His body. And from the outside in, we have proof of that in the New Testament because remember Saul, when he was walking down to Damascus, the Bible says... Jesus heard him. I mean, he heard Jesus, and Jesus says, hey, he said, who are you, Jesus? He says, I'm, I'm Jesus who you crucified. But Saul heard that voice on the outside, and that's why I read that final verse that said that the men heard him too. So God has been having to speak to men from the outside, and that's why you have to hear the gospel with your ears because faith comes by what? Hearing. So now when God speaks to you, he has to speak to you from the outside in. But then... When you accept Jesus Christ, go to Ephesians, go to Ephesians, go to Ephesians chapter 2, go to Ephesians 2. Now, when you get saved, you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the Bible calls it being born again. Now, you, that spirit that you lost, you get back again. Why? Because Ephesians chapter 2, look at verse 13, it says, But now in Christ, who were, you who were sometimes afar off, you are made close by the blood of Jesus Christ. For he is our peace, talking about Jesus, who has made both of us one, talking about God and man, and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law and the commandments, verse 16, and that he might reconcile, watch this, both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity, verse 17, and came and preached peace to us who were afar off, and to them that were close. For through him, here's the major verse, through Christ, we both have access by one spirit to who? To the Father. He's saying, listen, because of Jesus Christ, because he died, and because of his blood, his sinless blood was shed for my sinful blood. And because my blood was sinful, I exchanged blood with him. Now I become born again. Now my spirit is clean because it's not my blood no more. It's his blood. And now God can now speak back to the same spirit that Adam lost from the beginning. Now, okay, y'all give my, hand, my men a big hand if you will. Give my men a big hand. Okay, so check this out. Here's what hinders us from having faith. Man, my watch is 10 minutes slower. Here's what hinders us from having faith. I mean, from hearing the voice of God. Here's the hindrances. There are three things. Number one, what hinders you from, from uh, hearing the voice of God is your filters. We may filter. Like, watch this. Unforgiveness is, is a filter. It's a dirty filter. Think about a filter in an air condition. When you are not walking in forgiveness, your filter, your spirit is dirty. 
and it makes it hard for you to hear the voice of God. Another filter, your past hurtful experiences. If you don't let go of some past hurts, those hurts are going to keep you from hearing the voice of God clearly. So then you have filters. And here's another filter that's not good, is an unrenewed mind. See, when your mind, when you get saved, your mind don't get saved. When you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, your mind don't get saved. Your mind is the same. You have to renew your mind. You have to take this word, and you have to start thinking like the book. And so when you don't renew your mind, then guess what? When God speaks, that filter of an unrenewed mind, you won't hear. Here's the second reason why we, we, we are hindered. It's through our flesh, and our flesh is just natural reasoning. I don't see how, how that's going to work, so I'm not going to do it. How many know God is a God of opposites? I mean, honestly, I didn't think I would marry the lady I married because we're opposites. And I hear people all the time be like, but I, I don't think we're supposed to be married now. You know, he changed, she changed. We totally different. Well, that's what makes it work. I mean, two negatives do this, but a negative and a positive magnet does that. So guess what? Her difference makes my life better, even though it might irritate me. Come on, my difference might make her life better, but it might irritate her just a little bit. Why? Because opposites attract. So the flesh part of you is what keeps you from hearing the voice. You know, and that's why it's not good to sleep with somebody before you marry them. Because your flesh gets connected to that person. And here it is, God is trying to tell you, don't marry them, don't marry them, don't date them, don't date them, don't let them over, don't let them over, and you don't listen. Everybody say the flesh. And then here's the third one, is fears. Fears keep us from hearing the voice of God. So let me give you the pointers real quick. Here's the second point, steps to hearing God's voice. Here's some steps real quick. I'm going to hurry up and do this. These are steps on how you can hear the voice of God. Let me just say this. First of all, you, here's step number one. You got to listen for God's voice. You got to listen. Say you got to listen. You got to listen. You got to want to hear what God has to say. And, 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 and once you listen, here's step number two. You got to believe what he's saying. Because, you know, you can hear somebody. Let's say come, come in, somebody come in and say, hey, I won the lottery. You ain't going to believe him. Right? Well, when you hear something, it's your choice and my choice to believe what we heard. That's why I called it God's voice, your choice. You can choose to believe it. And some of us, we choose to not believe. I'm saying believe. And then here's the third thing. You got to obey when God speaks to you. You got to take some action. And so in the midst of all these three steps, learn to practice to hear the word of God. I mean, the voice of God. I pra- See, I know God's voice now. That's why really, man, I am 100% accountable to the Lord because he can't say I didn't know his voice. I might ignore him sometime, but I know when he's speaking. I mean, and you know what I did years ago? I would practice hearing the voice of God. You say, well, Pastor, how do you practice hearing the voice of God? You practice before you get on the elevator. You know how those hotels, sometimes they got six elevators? You ask the Lord, Lord, which elevator, Holy Spirit, which elevator is going to open up first? And you let him speak to you, and you go stand in front of that elevator. Now, you might look like a fool if that's not it, but... (laughs) But you're learning. They don't know what you're doing. You're learning. Now, watch this. 
If you stand in front of the right elevator, lock the voice that you heard in because that was the voice of God. And once you get familiar, because he said, my sheep know my voice. It didn't just say they hear his voice. He said, my sheep know my voice. And so when you begin to practice, here's another way to practice. If you lose your car keys, ask the Holy Spirit, where my keys at? And every thought that comes to you, if you go and he say, oh, they're behind the bed. You go behind the bed, they ain't there. That wasn't the Holy Spirit. You go in the kitchen. He said, go in the kitchen and look on the counter. If you go in there and it's not there, that's not the Holy Spirit. But then if you hear this voice that says, go in the bathroom, it's on the kitchen counter, in, in the bathroom counter. And you go in there and you see it, that was the Holy Spirit. Lock that voice in. Everybody said, you got to practice the voice. So you got to listen, you got to believe, you got to obey, you got to take some actions. You must be willing to do what God says because here's the thing. If you don't do what he tells you to do, you're wasting his breath. Now, some of y'all, y'all know how irritated we get when our kids, we telling them over and over. Landon be watching this iPad. He can't hear nothing until I go in front of the iPad and put my hand in front of it so he can't see. I have to call him by five times. Well, if that irritates us, don't you think it irritates God when we're sitting up there trying to tell us something and we ain't listening? Amen. We got to listen. We got to believe. We got to obey. And then after we obey, we got to realize there are some, watch this, there are some uh, benefits to obeying the voice of God. See, blessings and increase come from obedience. This will help encourage you to obey God when you know he's going to bless you. For obeying him. Amen. See, things, go to Jeremiah 42. We'll close right here. Jeremiah, Jeremiah 42. We'll close right here. Jeremiah 42. Let me show you. It, it's better to obey God. You know, the, our society makes it look like it's horrible to obey God. Horrible. God don't want you happy. God wants you to get married, go to Africa, and be a missionary way over there. And, and t- you know, I used to think God was going to tell me to go to Africa. I know I'm African-American, but I don't want to go to Africa. And I just think, man, God going to make me go to Africa. No, no, no. God will give you the desires of your heart, but there are some, some desires that ain't in your heart yet that God wants to give you. And he knows once he gives them to you, you're going to be happy. One of the desires that he had in his heart for me is for me to be a preacher. I didn't even, this wasn't even on my radar. I'm, not, I'm the first pastor in my family. So this was not something that, you know, my dad was a pastor, my great dad was a pastor. No, no, no. This is first generational stuff. But you know what? I had to be obedient. To hear him. Watch this. Jeremiah 42 as we close. Somebody can play the little keys behind me. Look in verse 40. 40. <laughs> I have to help them out here, you know what I'm saying? Jeremiah 42. Look in verse 6. Watch what it says. It says, whether it be good or whether it be evil, we will obey the voice of the Lord our God. Watch this. When we obey, it says, when we send you, that it may be well with us when we obey the voice of the Lord. When we obey the voice that we hear. One of, one of uh, the members who was in the first service came and said, Pastor, you know, one time God was telling me not to do something. And then I got this funny feeling in my stomach. You know, he said, I, I, he said it was God. I said, listen. Don't worry about the feeling part. But when you know something on the inside, 
God is not wanting you to do, don't do it. He says, well, I did it anyway, and it cost me $18,000. I wonder what God is trying to get you to do right now. One of the main blockages that keeps us from hearing the voice, because, see, when you're around somebody a long time, if they talk, you'll know it's them. You all have been at this church long enough that if Pastor Che went behind this building, if he went behind this wall and he called and he talked, and then I would, wouldn't y'all know the difference between us? You know why? Because you have heard my voice enough to know it's me. Well, when you spend enough time with God, when you spend some time in the Word, when you spend some time practicing His presence, you will discover His voice. And even if you miss God, I'm talking to somebody right now, even if you miss Him, He understands that if He knew you really believed that it was Him. See, a lot of times God, if you are about to miss God, God will send somebody to you and say, don't do that. But because sometimes we so bent on doing it, we do it anyway. How I many know God will still fix a mess and make a message? And there are some people in the room, I'm going to do what I did in the first service. Unforgiveness is one of the biggest things that the enemy uses that keeps us back from hearing the voice of God. Unforgiveness is like layers. If I put my hand over this microphone, you can hear me. See all that static? See all that? It, that's what happens when we have all that clutter, the clutterness of unforgiveness. And there are some people that need to forgive some people today. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today,